You're listening to Comedy Central. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of. One that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. July 23rd, 2019. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Tonight is an SNL legend and host of a brand new show coming to Comedy Central. It's called Lights Out. David Spade is joining us, everybody. Also on tonight's show, Great Britain gets its very own Trump, the biggest scandal from the world of chess, and why recycling is a lie. So let's catch up on today's headlines. First up, if you've ever thought... I like Donald Trump and his policies and his hair, but I really just wish he could read. (laughs) Well, then Great Britain has the leader for you. Breaking news out of London this morning, there's a new prime minister for Britain. Boris Johnson will take over from Theresa May. Johnson is a divisive figure, seen by many as Britain's Donald Trump. Blonde, brash, a populist, fond of anti-immigrant rhetoric, who's built a career twisting the truth. I know some some wag was already pointed out that deliver, unite and defeat was not the perfect acronym for an election campaign, (laughs) since unfortunately it spells dud. But they forgot the final E, my friends. E for energize. And I say to all the doubters, dude, we are going to energize the country. We're going to get Brexit done. Dude. Dude. Where is my motor vehicle? Dude. You know what I love about Brexit is how confident everyone is when they come into the job, yeah? Like, everyone before them hasn't failed at Brexit dismally. It's already wiped out two prime ministers, but the next guy's like, all right, my turn, let's do it. Come on, Brexit. Brexit Brexit is basically the cinnamon challenge of politics. That's what it is. Yeah. Everyone starts like, hey, guys, I'm gonna be doing the Brexit. It's gonna be super... I mean, if I came into the job, I would be a lot more humble. I would just be like, uh, look, uh, we've seen that Brexit is not messing around. Uh, so here's a shotgun. If it's looking really bad, just finish me off. Thank you very much. <laughs> Moving on. If you are one of those people who spent last week saying, it's so hot, I wish we could cool down with some rain. <laughs> well, your wish was granted, you son of a bitch. 
this deadly heat wave that we've been having has broken, but now we've got the rain and you can see it. Of course, the East Coast was hit hard by severe thunderstorms. Severe storms creating travel nightmares in the region throughout the night, bringing traffic on one major highway to a complete stop during the evening commute. New York City subway riders inundated by unexpected indoor waterfalls. One New Yorker bravely walking through floodwaters up to her thighs. At airports, delayed and canceled flights piled up. Our own Craig Melvin surrounded by frustrated flyers at New Jersey's Newark Liberty International Airport. That's right. Yesterday, New York City got floods from Brooklyn all the way to Queens. Cars couldn't drive. Subways were filling up with water. And most tragically, pizza rats drowned. <laughs> yeah. Turns out there was only room for his girlfriend on that slice of pizza. <laughs> he had to make a choice. And by the way, just so we're all on the same page, first we had the giant heat wave, right? We got floods, plus there's earthquakes in California, and we've got a plague of measles. Guys, I think God is trying to send us a message. I, uh, I don't quite remember the Old Testament, but I think he's working up to something. <laughs> like he's either gonna wipe us out or he's dropping a new album. I don't know how this works. <laughs> All I'm saying is if you're a firstborn son, you might want to get your affairs in order. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, and by the way, by the way, this is a, per a personal thing for me. I, like, I know that being stranded in an airport is frustrating, but I'm always shocked when I see people complaining to airport staff that a plane can't take off in a storm. You always get those people like, oh, why do I want to take off? Well, yeah, it's a storm. <laughs> like, who are you mad at? I don't care, I have somewhere to be. Is that somewhere heaven? Then shut the <laughs> up. <laughs> Stop being assholes, there's a storm. <laughs> like you see these people all the time in the thing, it's like, ah, I can't believe we're not flying. Yeah, we, no one can believe we're not flying. <laughs> you know what, there should be a special flight for all of those people who complain. Yeah, everyone who wants to fly, they should be like, oh, you wanna fly? Okay, go, go and fly, go and fly. <laughs> go and fly, see what happens. No, no, go and fly, go and fly. Yeah, that's what every airport needs. Basically, every airport in America just needs an African father, right? <laughs> Cause that's what African parents do. They'll threaten you with the thing you're complaining about. You'll be like, why aren't we flying? They'll be like, you want to fly? You want to go and fly, go and fly. <laughs> go and fly, see what happens to you. Go and fly, you see what happens. <laughs> then the plane crashes, they're like, okay, who's next? Anybody next? <laughs> Finally, if you're a cat, you're probably having a great month of July. There's a movie coming out about you. And if you live in New York, you get to keep your claws. New York State now leading the way when it comes to taking care of cats. It is the first in the country to ban declawing the felines. Advocates in favor of the ban say declawing causes not only severe pain, but lasting psychological damage for cats. Pet advocates say the practice that has gone on for decades is cruel. The common reason pet owners declaw their cats is to protect their furniture. That's right. New York has passed a law saying that you cannot remove a cat's claws. Which is great news, because I always thought that declawing was a little weird. Especially since American laws still allow cats to own assault rifles. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> but... But on a serious note, like, I've always found it strange that people want to have animals, but then also want to change what makes them that animal. You know, like, I want a cat, but I don't want my furniture to get scratched or hair on my carpet. Then you don't want a cat, you want a Roomba. That's what you want, okay? <laughs> I go get the cat and then clip their nails out. It's the same thing with people who clip like a bird's wings. I want a bird that doesn't fly. No, no. Or like people who cut off a dog's tail. It's just like, what do you, what do you want? Yeah, I like the wagging, but it just distracts me from the dog's butt. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> 
Imagine if they did that to you. That's, that should be the law. They should say your animal can do to you what you like. If your dog just thought you talked too much and your dog was like, yeah, we should get rid of the tongue. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, mm. It's like, yeah, that's so much better. All right, that's it for the headlines. Let's move on to our main story. Every day, thousands of shipping containers show up on America's shores, carrying everything from cars to electronics to Democratic candidates. Yeah, I don't know who keeps ordering these things, but there's too many. But now, there's a new import flooding the country that you won't be as excited about. A massive shipment of contaminated waste could be headed back to the United States. Malaysia says it's sending back 3,300 tons of plastic waste to countries like the United States, the UK, and Canada. Southeast Asian countries are sending back anything that can't be recycled. And countries like the US, Australia, and the UK have all been told to expect their garbage to be returned to them. That's right. Shipping containers full of plastic waste are showing up on America's doorstep. Yeah, which doesn't make anybody happy. No one's happy to see tra- trash, like, except seagulls. They love trash. <laughs> yeah, seagulls must be, like, the easiest people to buy gifts for, you know? It's just like, oh, wow, dude, a plastic fork? Thank you! <laughs> it's like, you really like this? No, but I sell it to the little mermaid. She buys everything. <laughs> the question is, the question is, why are containers full of plastic waste showing up in America? Well, let's find out in another installment of If You Don't Know, Now You Know. When you think of recycling, you probably think of a magical process where you throw your plastic in the blue bin and a unicorn takes it away and then (laughs) nine months later, you get a beautiful new baby water bottle. (laughs) But the truth is, much like making an actual baby, the recycling process is much messier than what you may believe. When most of us put out our recycling on trash day, recyclers sort through it, bundle it up, and ship it overseas to be recycled. For decades, much of that waste was sold to China. America's main export to China by volume was trash. Recycled metal, cardboard, and plastic. For decades, China's been a global dustbin taking huge quantities of our rubbish and recycling it. The relationship was symbiotic. China would ship goods to the U.S., the U.S. would use the empty ships to send China recycling. China would then use the recycling to make new goods to ship to the U.S., and the cycle continued. Yep, from China to America, and then back to China, and then to America again. Basically, it's the circle of trash. Paper, plastic into paper. A paper, plastic into paper. A paper, plastic into paper. Yeah, believe it or not, America creates so much trash that it's had to send it over to China to be recycled. Which isn't really surprising when you think about it. Like, nobody is better at creating unnecessary trash than America. I mean, this is the same country where you can buy orange slices in a plastic container. Yeah, as if there wasn't already a container for orange slices called an orange. (laughs) It's in the container. And for a very long time, the relationship worked, right? America sent China its recycling. China turned it into fake Louis Vuitton bags. But then... (laughs) Just like your ex, after a while, China decided it was sick of taking trash. By 2012, China was receiving nearly half of all the recycling that Americans shipped out of the country. A lot of those materials could not be recycled. They were ending up in landfills, the environment, or worse, taking a human toll. Now the country is trying to clean up its image. 
In January, China stopped taking most of the dirty recycling. It called foreign garbage. Which means some 7 million tonnes of plastic needs to be recycled elsewhere. Yep. You see, back when China was a poorer country, they were fine with sorting through America's recycling. But now that they're more rich and more powerful, they've decided that that's beneath them, which is understandable, right? You start making some money, you upgrade your life. It's like when you get a big promotion, you know? So you start buying the super soft toilet paper, yeah? <laughs> Instead of using napkins you stole from Burger King. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know when you lay them together and you make sure the corners overlap? We've all done that, come on. So with China no longer taking America's plastic, all the recycling has had to find somewhere else to go. And for a while, there were a lot of countries in Asia that were willing to take it. In fact, they were happy to take it. This used to be mostly paddy fields, but rubbish which has been dumped here for almost 40 years dominates the landscape. Villagers here don't mind. In fact, they welcome it. Like many others, Giman makes a living from sorting through the waste. This used to be a poor area. I couldn't even afford to go to school. But with this trash, I could put my three children through school. My oldest is getting a PhD. That's insane, right? That is one of the craziest things ever. This guy managed to get his kids a degree from trash, which is ironic because that trash probably contained a few actual degrees. (laughs) And his story wasn't the only one. Many people around Asia were making money by sorting through America's recycling, right? Which, which isn't a great job, but for many people, it changed their lives. But as we said earlier, America uses a lot of plastic. And after China closed its doors, many of these smaller countries couldn't handle the volume of plastic recycling that was coming into their countries. It turned from a blessing into a curse, which is always the case with plastic, let's be honest, right? Where there's plastic recycling or plastic surgery. A little bit is okay, <laughs> yeah? Yeah, but if you do too much, you look like you're always watching the end of an M. Night Shyamalan movie. You're just like, what? (laughs) They're allergic to water? (laughs) So just like China, all these other countries have decided that they've had enough of Western trash. We don't want your recyclable trash. That is the message from Cambodia. That country just sent back 83 shipping containers filled with 1,600 tons of plastic waste back to the U.S. and Canada, saying, quote, Cambodia is not a dustbin where foreign countries can dispose of waste. Countries like the Philippines say it's Western waste littering their shores, sent to poorer countries instead of being recycled. The president of the Philippines, Rodrigo Duterte, even made it very clear uh, to Canada that the trash was not welcome to, to send it back uh, to Canada. Your garbage is uh, on, uh, on, the, on the way. Prepare a grand reception. <laughs> Eat it if you want to. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Rodrigo Duterte. Rodrigo Duterte does not mess around. Prepare a grand reception for your trash and eat it if you want to? It's a slam, but it's such a weirdly formal way to tell someone to shove it up their ass. Like, (laughs) no, like, I'd love to hear Duterte deliver a yo mama joke. It's just like, your mother has overindulged so much that the government recently bestowed upon her her own area code. Slam. (laughs) So, Cambodia, Malaysia, Philippines, China, all of them have come together to say, it is time for America's trash to go home. In other words, send it back. Send it back. So now, the trash is headed back here to the U.S. And you might be saying, well, fine, Trevor, we'll just have to recycle it ourselves. (laughs) Well, unfortunately, it's not that easy. 
So what happens now to the plastic we used to ship to China? Not much. A lot of it's just piling up here in the States. A lot of plastic comes to recyclers like Bulgaria all mixed together, impossible to separate cost-effectively. Cities across the country are now re-examining whether their recycling programs are going to waste. Is it better for people to recycle wrong or not at all? It's better for people not to recycle at all. It sounds crazy, but you have to put it in context. Okay, when it comes to like tin cans, like all of that stuff, you can still recycle it. But when it comes to plastic, incorrect recycling is worse than no recycling at all. And even though you might think, no, I recycle correctly, the chances are that you're not. Like we all think we're recycling when we put a plastic bottle in the little blue plastic bin. But what we're actually supposed to be doing is taking the lid off the bottle and then you're supposed to take that little ring off that's under the lid of every single bottle. Yeah. Yeah, oh, and if you get takeout, you can't just throw that in the bin and call it a day. Even just rinsing it off isn't good enough. You're supposed to wash that thing, like make it clean, like cleaner than Mike Pence's browser history. Just everything. <laughs> yeah, his shit is, are you kidding? He's like, I won't even type Google because it sounds like a sex thing. <laughs> and now, I know, when I say these things, you might be thinking, dude, I love this planet, but those plastic rings, that's too much. Well, well then there's one other thing we could be doing, and that is using less plastic which I know is hard because we've all gotten used to it. Like, I'm obsessed with it. We all use it. It's convenient, but we're gonna need to try. I've actually thought of a few solutions for all of us. You know, yeah, no, instead of plastic plates, I was thinking we can just use our iPads, okay? (laughs) Think about it. It's flat, it's big, and as an added bonus, when you watch Netflix during dinner, you don't even have to look up, yeah? Because just be like, oh, no, they killed 11! Oh, oh, no, that's that's just bolognese. Mm, ah, yeah, she's fine. (laughs) We can do it for everything. Yeah, as for all those delivery containers that you get from, like, Postmates, no, that's something you don't need. Just have the delivery guy put all your food in his mouth, and then he feeds it to you like a baby bird when he arrives. You'll be helping the planet, and you'll make a really close friend. Yeah, so the next time, the next time you plan on tossing out a piece of plastic that you used for, like, a total of three seconds, just remember that pretty soon that plastic may be headed back your way. So if you don't know... Now you know. We'll be right back. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 
only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Welcome back to The Daily Show. Every now and then, we like to check in on the world of sports, which means it's time for another edition of I Apologize for Talking While You Were Talking. Sports fans, I'm Michael the Motorcycle Costa, and he's Roy Grapefruit LaCroix Wood Jr. How's that my nickname? LaCroix, we are officially in the most boring part of the sports calendar. Nothing exciting has happened. Wait, wait, wait. We still got baseball action. Like I said, nothing exciting is happening. But luckily, that means we've got some time to cover some of the more obscure sports like snail racing the world's fastest snails slugging it out at the World Championship Snail Race. The snails race to reach the outer circle of a 13-inch course, which is just a table with a damp cloth spread out. This year's winner was a snail named Sammy, who completed the course in 2 minutes and 38 seconds, a lightning-fast time for one of the world's slowest animals. Wow! Snail racing, that has got to be the slowest sport in the world. Well, not as slow as baseball. <laughs> Damn it. You say one more thing about America's pastime, I'll send you back to your shithole country. Roy, I'm from Michigan. Exactly. But <laughs> here's, here's what I wonder about this sport, Costa. Yeah. How do you train a snail to race? Uh, maybe you hire a French guy to chase him with a knife and fork. Oh, you know? that's a good idea. I am going to eat you, and then I will seduce your sister. Yeah. I sound like a Mexican-Nigerian. Yeah, well, Terrible let's, let's move on. Because if you thought snail racing was quirky, wait till you see what's happening under the water. It's fast, it's furious, it's octopus. Underwater hockey is a lung-busting team sport. And believe it or not, there are rules to this madness. Rules are that it's a non-contact sport. But, you know, you've got to be busy in there, you've got to get next to things, so you can only pass the puck as far as you can throw it, so you get pretty close to people. And then whoever scores the most goals is the winner. It's just unlike any other sport you can play, really, because you're just surrounded. It's almost silent in the way you play it. God damn! What kind of sport is that? I feel like white people saw one black guy playing hockey and they were like, we should add water. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think this looks fun, Roy, but personally, I don't mess with swimming pools. I dove into the shallow end years ago and bumped my head. Yeah. Were you okay? Yeah, but personally, I don't mess with swimming pools. I dove into the shallow end years ago and I bumped my head, so. All right, well, moving on. You know another sport we don't hear much about? Chess. 
Lots of people think chess is boring, but it turns out it's a lot more exciting than you think. A chess grandmaster is accused of cheating in a bathroom during a tournament in France last week. This is a picture of Igor Rasis on the toilet. He was suspended after this photo showed him sitting there and looking at a cell phone during a break from a competition. The World Chess Federation director on Facebook said he has long been suspected of cheating. The 58-year-old has stunned the chess world by racking up winnings at an age when most players, you know, decline. Wow, wow. Caught cheating in a bathroom stall. Yeah. Major kudos to whichever bathroom pervert snapped that photo. Yeah, I, I thank you. I gotta start. I gotta start using this, Roy. What's that, officer? Why am I setting up a toilet cam? Because I respect the integrity of chess. My thing is this, though. You don't even need to leave the room to cheat at chess. Yeah. You wanna cheat at chess? This is what you do. All right, you're playing chess yeah. and you're losing, and then you go. Oh my God, look over there, it's Judy Dench. I love Judy Dench. What are you talking about? Checkmate. Man, you are, you know what I find shocking, is that people actually consider chess a sport. Chess is a sport. You need focus, strategy, mental endurance. It's a lot. Chess is a board game, like Monopoly. Does that mean Monopoly is a sport? I'll whoop your ass in Monopoly. I'll send your ass to jail. That was not meant as a racial thing. In Monopoly, if you don't pay rent, then you have to... Do you guys know how Monopoly works? You, Let's I, I, go, right now, right now. We're, play, we're playing Monopoly right, right now. now. Let's play Monopoly All right, right you're right on. Now. Let's go. I I see 10 to 15 minutes to go to the bathroom. I'll come right back? Okay, okay. we're playing okay. Monopoly. Right. We're playing Monopoly. Personally, back to you, I don't Trevor. Really jump in the pool very often. We're going to play Monopoly. Well, we're Junior Michael Costa, everyone. We'll be right back. is a comedian and host of the new late night show on Comedy Central called Lights Out with David Spade. Please welcome David Spade. Yes. Welcome to the show. It's me and you, buddy. We're back together again. This is uh, back together again. I mean, although last time we were back together, I was watching you on TV as a kid in South Africa. Oh, is that right? Yeah, no, genuine. I was like, my mom was like easily one of your biggest fans. She just like loved you on the show. She was like, he's so grumpy and funny. <laughs> is that what? She was on, like, just shoot me. And my mom was just like, this guy is so angry, but I like him. Yeah, yeah, that still sort of holds true today. <laughs> same haircut, same jokes. Right, Hang but uh. Yeah, you know, you say that. You are self-deprecating, but I feel like what's made you successful as a, as a comedian, both in acting and in stand-up, is just like your vibe is, you seem like you don't care, but you're in touch with everything. Uh, David Spade is connected. We see you online, connecting with younger audiences than people would think. Yeah. Is that what right. the new show is going to be about? The new show will be right after this one, as I think he told you, um, which is great. You guys get to come along for the ride if you feel like it. You can just sit there and don't go anywhere. <laughs> you, you, you don't have to go, yeah. You've got the easy just sit there and just carry on. I, I do like that because, you know, you move on and it's not, you know, I'm not trying to be Madonna and change everything. You know, she always re reinvents herself. <laughs> I'm just basically doing Instagram stories and stuff because I, I didn't have it growing up. When you were in between movies or TV shows, you just had to wait. I'm like, oh, when am I going to be on Letterman or something? I want to do this one joke. Right, you right. You know where to do it. But this is sort of interesting because during the day I can just film things or... 
put it on there. Now, pretty much anybody can be a star. Also, anybody can be a critic. Yes. They can get to me quicker. Uh, which sometimes is tough. Is that gonna is that gonna change how you create your show? Because one thing that made you uh, famous and beloved in, in the country and in the world was that you used to take shots at celebrities yes. like all the time. But now celebrities can like just respond to you instantly. Yeah, right. Like, I, I have. Has that like has that changed your vibe now? I don't do that as rough as I used to, but I still we still will make fun of Hollywood and we'll still do those kind of things. I like it, but you know I've had the career with the ups and downs. It's a little different when you're in the mix. I've turned into one of these idiots. Also, so <laughs> I used to just make fun of him, but then I got there, I go, oh, it's not so easy. Okay. Uh, but I was talking to my friend's kid who has Instagram, which is a little, little more dangerous, I think, for younger people. Yes, because yeah. she's like 13 and she goes, I like this guy and he's so funny. She goes, you're funny, I like funny guys. I go, oh, let me see how funny this guy is. Let me see how hilarious. So she, he's sending her all these memes. I go, this guy's a middleman. He's not, he's not coming up with any jokes. This is a scam. He's a phony. You know what I'm saying? Like, he finds one that's for sure funny and then gives it to her and she's like, he's hysterical. So I go, I have to, we have to come up with the stuff on our own in my day. Oh my. Are you, are you ready for a, like a nightly show? Like, are you ready for that vibe just like every single day? Oh, but by the way, it's, it shows a half hour. I'm already winded because I'm not, I'm not used to, and they go, you got to come in before I go, before the show? It doesn't start yet. They go, no, come here. Work and write, and I go, oh, no, no one mentioned any of that stuff. So, uh, but you know how it is, it's tough. I want it to be good, so I work hard on it, try to write, make it interesting, and then right. we'll just cross our fingers, see what happens. I'm excited, man. You've I got uh, David Spade, who's a legend. You're back on TV, you. you're back with us. Thank you, excited to be coming on before you. Lights out with David Spade, premieres July 29th at 11.30 p.m. on Comedy Central, right after The Daily Show. Yeah. David Spade, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now.